he's right here, so. Oh, he topped Whoa. it. He cold topped it. Okay. Go. Yeah. Eight iron. Oh, he shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he on the sink. Welcome to the Bogey Boys podcast. As always, you're joined here by Mark and Kevin. How are we, brother? All good, all good. Golf is back. It's a very exciting day yesterday, wasn't it? Very, very exciting day. Have you been um, Have you been getting any practice in, in the living room or anything? Not a thing, no. I mean, I've had the no. wedge out a few times on the carpet and skinning a few balls at the wall, but apart from well, that... No, no skating boards left. <laughs> Got a putting mat there. I've just been standing putting, like you know, just like stroking a few three footers, six footers, and then I've got a rug in my living room, and it's literally I'd say half an inch thick, maybe quarter of an inch thick, little yeah. just a little rug thing, and then I moved back to do a six footer, and the table was in the way, so I just had me one foot on the mat, me right foot, and as I stood to the ball, I was like, oh my god, I feel so square. And I've come to the realization that my right leg is a quarter inch shorter than my left. So it's <laughs> so it's it's honestly, I reckon that's been I reckon that's fucked my whole golf career. Do you think that just that? Yeah. Honestly, because I know, <laughs> I, I know, but like like obviously lack of drive, too much ale. <laughs> There's a few other factors, like. But I, I swear to God, I used to always say to David, "I'm going to give up and go left-handed because I'm, I'm left-handed anyway. I feel better." Everything looks better when I lean. I feel like I can lean, get my weight forward when yeah. everything like left. Left the shuffling and everything left handed better, and then now I've realized it's because I'm fucking tilted to the right. So you're thinking, yeah, you're thinking you're putting all your weight on your back foot rather than your forward foot because of the, the, the length difference. Oh, yeah, yeah. So next time out, I'm going to get one of them, you know, inserts that go into your shoes that make you taller. <laughs> I'm going to get a quarter inch one of them and go and try okay, it. Now. You might as well, isn't it? Well, it... well, just feel as though you're on one foot. Yeah, well, that, that, but that's what I do. But then I feel like it's it's not, I don't know. Balance I just, I, I can't believe it took me to fucking stand on my mat to, to find that out. I've been going my whole life. Well, you've got it, you've got a cheek, really, because it's probably the first time you've ever practiced putting in fucking 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> if, you'd, if you'd have put a bit of effort in when we were younger, you might have found that out a long time ago. I'm going to kick on now with uh, European tour here. I come after that uh, realization. <laughs> That's it. Nothing's stopping you now, lad. I know. I've, and also, I've had my clubs re gripped by um, PGA professional David Goscombe. Lovely. I've seen them, yeah. Gone for the yeah. mid size. I know, yeah, bit of bit of Bryson fever. I was going to say, what was the thought process behind the, <laughs> the mid And uh, cutting me three iron down as well to uh, six iron length to be like Bryson as well. Lovely. Apart from that, I um, I might I went to just have a little look at the border of Wales, North Wales, and then ended up driving through. Luckily, I had my golf clubs with me. Stopped to press that in golf club, and uh, went to review the golf course as me me work and played around the golf head as well. <laughs> How did that go? His boss. Yeah. His boss one, yeah. <laughs> How did it feel? It felt a bit naughty at first, but then his boss. Oh, what about the game itself? How did your game oh, feel? Do you know what? Sound. Boss. The greens, like I've never... Um, the greens out there, they remind me sort of like, they were quick and like, they had a little bit of layer on them, but they were, they were sound for November. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But the course was a bit wet. But apart from that, just boss being out there, even though it was raining. I know. Yeah, I can't. I it, can't wait to get back out there myself. But it's been a, it's been a long four weeks, no golf at all, and I haven't sure. even I haven't even taken the time to try and do anything about it. I've literally just not played any golf. 
Well, then, and the gyms are open as well on the second, so we can get back to um, fitness, golf, and get this winter boxed off. Hundred percent. A few transformations on the uh, on the cards. Ready to attack with our new handicaps come twenty twenty one. In fact, speaking of Press Staten, aren't we going to go and play in the um, Press Staten 1836 tour? Didn't you send me that? 10th <laughs> <laughs> of December. Yeah, we'll put something out on the socials. There's um, Category 1 entrance to the 1836 tour, the last one, 10th of December. 50 quid an amateur. Give I paid 30, 35 quid to play it anyway, so like, if you can win prizes and stuff, not that we're going to win anything, but... I was going to say, yeah, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> might, get, might get a nearest to pin or something. <laughs> <laughs> but that, honestly, I think we should do that for the... Um, even just for the full crack of it. Yeah, 100%. We'll get over and we'll, um, we'll play. But talking of golf and playing golf, although I haven't played, I've been watching quite a lot. And there's been quite a bit of golf on this week, starting with the RSM Classic. Looked like he had a bit of breeze them first couple of days, didn't he? Yeah, it was really windy. I watched the first couple of days. They did the wind got up, but we said that, didn't we? Because it's so it's sort of on the coast where it is, and it's very wide open. If 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 you're getting a bit of if you're getting a bit of gust, it's gonna it's gonna affect the course definitely. So yeah, tell you one person who it wasn't hard for Streb, Robert Streb, his second PGA Tour win, yeah. And his and his first one was actually at the RSM as well, wasn't it? Yeah, the 14-15 season, he got his maiden victory, yeah. I read another thing there about the old Strebby boy. And he, um, in 2014-15 season, he had nine top tens. And then from 2015 to Sunday, he only had eight top tens in the next five years. Bloody hell. He's earned all his dough, and he? I thought, this is an easy game. I know, yeah. <laughs> Took well, his foot it- off the gas. Well, he's had a struggle there for five years, but then he's just got 1.1 million there for that. So he's. That'll be eight or nine top tens for the next 10 years again, for him by the looks uh, of it then. Before you, everyone thinks these people are struggling, but really they're just on mad life benders, just, just living it. Yeah. <laughs> the, golf's actually, the golf's actually getting in the way of the life. <laughs> <laughs> Turn up every five years, win a tournament, and then yeah. just. Not bad, though, is it? No, definitely not. No, is it, um, it was a good tournament. I enjoyed watching it, to be fair. Um, he saw off Kevin Kistner in a playoff. I've seen that, yeah. Kissing another good little um, final round there. What's your seven under? Seven under final round, quality golf, man. Well, it was like, remember we were talking about the match play being like, oh, your opponent's there, so now it's your hole, but then your opponent does something. Because Streb actually went in the bunker on the first playoff hole. Yeah. And it wasn't an easy shot, I think about 180 yards out or something, and he obviously got it up onto the green, made par, and then obviously kissed the made par, and then going down the, again, kissing it's the fairway, Streb's in the rough. So it's advantage kisser again. Yeah. Kister puts it on the green and Streb nearly held it. Did you see yeah. It? Literally lit round the side of the cup, man, and stone dead for the um, his second victory, his second RSM victory. That's it. Um, this doesn't have surprise with that Kister lost that playoff, you know. It surprises you. <laughs> <laughs> Such a solid record he's got. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking uh, 0 and 10 or something, isn't he? 0 and 5 years now, yeah. Oh, That's five, his fifth, five playoffs, five defeats, man. Must be soul destroying that. I feel like emailing him, telling him to change his name. Giving a bad uh, reputation to the Kevins. He's a bad representation of the uh, of the Kevin firm. But another hey, another sick one there about that Streb, yeah. In another like 2015, obviously, when he could play. He threw his putter and he said he like in a quote, he said he didn't mean to break it. He just threw it like that and it, it come loose, like the head come off it. And then he um, he putted on the back nine with his 56 degree wedge. But it was on. The, it was actually on the Sunday, 
and he um, he shot thirty two back nine. He made five birdies with, with his wedge and got in a playoff with Danny Lee and who else? Kevin Kisner. Kevin Kisner. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can count out one of those. You never won that one. Yeah, yeah. Danny Lee won. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. But if I'm six, I don't break it. You put it in there for having five birdies with your wedge. Unbelievable. Going back to a tournament, it's funny you should say that, right? Going back to a tournament when we were at Myersco, it's off topic now, but talking about putting with, with a different club. We were playing one of the events uh, over in Ireland. We played Royal County Down in the second round, and it was between me and DJ, Danny, who, who were going to win the tournament. We were playing together. And I think it was like about the 12th, 13th hole. He, hits, he has a putt off the front of the green and he, he leaves it about six, seven foot short and he flips and he throws his putter and snaps it in half. So instead of like putting with like your 56 degree wedge, he starts putting with his three wood and he couldn't hold a thing. Oh, I, <laughs> I know. And I said to him at the end, like obviously I was competing against him, even though he's my mate. I was like, I weren't going to tell him, get your wedge out. But it must just have been like a lack of concentration. He's just thought like, what's... The flattest yeah, face. face. I know, but sometimes people play them little bump and runs with a three wood, so maybe he was like, it, it was sort of familiar to him. Maybe that Do was, you know yeah. I mean? Ends up winning by like four or five shots in the end because he just kept like three putting everything. <laughs> starts to feel, yeah. starts to feel sorry for him in the end, but <laughs> you can have that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I back on, the, back on the, onto the RSM and, and, and Strebby boy. Did you see as well? He uses the 10 finger um, baseball grip. Crazy, I, think isn't it? I think he's one of the only people on tour. Definitely fact check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I see in the in the studio they were saying he's 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 like it's it's very unusual. Yeah, well it is. Yeah, it's it's unorthodox, really, isn't it? Hey, it's so it ends up a little one point eight million, one point one eight million there. So I need to save though. You know, rounds of 65, 63, 67 and sixty eight to finish nineteen under. Solid yeah. golf, solid golf. But again, we. We look at statistics as always, and we always you do. talk. Right, yeah, <laughs> see, when I say we, I mean I look at statistics. <laughs> but it, again, like sound like a broken record again. But fifty first in driving distance he was this week, two hundred and eighty two yards. Just shows you once again, it's not a broken record, is it? If it just keeps getting proved, as the fact that distance doesn't actually matter. Well, this is it. If they're going to keep saying. You're ruining golf courses. You're doing this by having distance. Then I'm going to keep saying, "Well, no, you're not." Because no, you're not. Yeah. Week in, week out, the Papas seem to be beating the big bombers. So there you go. Have that. I know, but like two eighties, not exactly a pap, is it? Put it this way: Ryan Brem was the tournament's leader, and his was three hundred and fifteen. And then the average for the week, I think Tommy was about three hundred three, three hundred four. So you are losing twenty to thirty yards mm. by hitting it two eighty. The only problem it causes is on certain certain courses where they'll be caught out by that type of thing. So you, yeah. your, long, your longer type courses where 282 yards for a week average is just not going to be good enough unless you're absolutely striping your five, six irons and getting them close. Because what you got to remember as well, if they're hitting the drives 30 yards longer, they're also going to be hitting the eight irons, seven irons wedges longer as well because they're naturally longer players. Yeah. So you you're losing that distance throughout the bag. So it then becomes a two, three club difference. And it is the difference between getting spin on it or being able to get on the green out the rough. So no, suppose, for, cor- yeah. for, for courses like what they're playing on this week, where the rough wasn't damaging really, and uh, the course wasn't particularly long, and you'd had a lot of downwind holes because the wind was up, especially the first two days, then yeah, you probably are going to get players who are going to win 
these type of tournaments who don't into that far, but I think they'll come unstuck in like the majors and you'll never see. I mean, never say never because they might do, but when you look at the major winners, you're always 300 plus for, yeah. your, for your major winners and that's where they'll come unstuck. But you know, it's probably not a pap, definitely further than, than I is. But... <laughs> well, my, my arc was just giving me a 259 average at the minute. Like, I need to get my weight up. <laughs> Yeah, you're not even going to win the uh, the RSM. <laughs> Ain't it? I'm fucking struggling, man. <laughs> but it's interesting. I've just spoke about Ryan Brem there, 315 yards. But where did he finish for the tournament? Tied 63rd, plus one. He was 20 shots off the lead come the end of it. So it doesn't guarantee yeah, like you Like we anything. always say, you've got to get the ball in the hole still. No you matter where you're to drive for show. And putting for the moolah. Hey, but it also, right, a mad one, yeah. Tommy. Speaking of Tommy, there he finished thirty seventh, yeah, yeah, and he's won twenty eight thousand. And then when he finished third in Portugal, he's only getting like fifty thousand. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like it's but obviously the money's the money's on the PJ Tour now. That's yeah. to say. Yeah, the, the big sponsors, the big sponsorships, everything. You're getting one point one million for winning a tournament that the majority of the top players in the world aren't playing in. Exactly. So, and you're getting five hundred. Um, FedEx Cup points as well. It's like, of course, you know. See, I can see why Tommy obviously stayed and and another go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, you're already there. You're already in Georgia. Just delay your flight for a week and try and earn some some extra extra Christmas money. And that's what that's he's done. It. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it wasn't just the distance. Obviously, we look at accuracy as well. Seventy one percent of fairways. He had forty out of a possible fifty six fairways, which put him around the middle of the field after the cut. So off the tee. He wasn't hitting it very far and he was getting it in play around average. Um, but you know what I'm going to say next, don't you? Greens hit. This is where, uh, like you've just said, it separates the men from the boys. It's you, you swing for show, you puff for the money. And he's missed 12 greens all week. He's got a percentage just over 83%, tied for seventh for the week. So he's given, him, given himself chance after chance. Uh, but the top green hitter for the week, Corey Connors, just broke inside the top 10 in the tournament. He had 64 out of 72 greens, so only missed eight all week. Uh, and that was also good enough for him to, to claim that charitable prize for the most birdies. Yeah, I've seen that, the birdies for love. Birdies for love, yeah. And uh, I get 300 grand then to donate to whatever charity that you um, you choose. Yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? It's good, isn't it? It's a, it's a little competition you have over the over the fall, is it? So it's over yeah. a couple of tournaments and whoever makes the most birdies and he's... If you didn't tell you what, if you're hitting 64 out of 72 greens in a tournament, you're gonna have plenty of chances. Well, that's one of them as well. I think it gives them a bit of um, incentive and encouragement because uh, that Cody Connor said on the last day, seeing his name on the birdies for love leaderboard, and he thought I'm gonna go out there and make a run at it. And then I don't know how many he made on the last day, but it, he's won it on the on the last day sort of thing. I think he won it by one. It is he, yeah. Yeah. So, Unbelievable. 300, 300, 300 grand to a charity as well. It's not to... That's, if it's something that's close to his heart, I think it's to, um, underprivileged kids for education and sports that gives them opportunities that they wouldn't have. So uh, that is birdies can then maybe excel the next Tiger. You never know. That's it. You know what I mean? That's it. Speaking of Tiger, what about him and his son? Mate, did you did see them? Bits. I seen one of the um, them golf meme pages on Instagram saying um, Tiger and his son hit an absolute piss missiles on the range. <laughs> <laughs> what a swing the kids got! What is he eleven? Tiger even said, "I wish I had this move." Honest to God, like he even does the exact same move as Tiger, but he's unreal, isn't he? I just, I just hope we've got. I know it's obviously don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but given five or six years. 
I just thought we've got another decade, two decades, three decades of Tiger to come. You know what I mean? Oh, mate. How good would that be? Uh, what do you know what he's, what he's off? What his handicap is? No. Charlie, no. No. No, but there's that's... a yeah they've got a they've got a big tournament coming up haven't they the PNC Championship it's not until the end of December but it's a father son tournament so I think that's what they're hyping it for uh, the Langers Bernard Langer and his son defending champions they won it last year their favourites going in this year but then you've got John Daly and his son playing it um, and Tiger sure, surely Fred Funk and his son are playing. Yeah, I don't know whether he's going to drop him after the performance yeah. <laughs> the week before the Masters. Get us see if he's got another son in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether there's an age cap on it or whether they've got to be amateur. I, I, I don't know. We'll find out. Ah, and we'll review I see, it. Yeah, because he's a we'll pro. review. But he's a pro. He's on. He's played a PJ tour event, so I don't know what. I don't know how that works. But the PNC, we'll we'll review that close to the time. Yeah, but it's something to look forward to. I know Jack Nicholas has played in this time and won it with his son. Nice. Yeah, so... Hey, speaking of amateurs and speaking of Tiger, moves on nicely to what I was about to tell you. Do you know that Andy Ogletree? Yeah. Who, um, who played with Tiger in the yeah, first... Yeah, yeah. I think he was four over. Low amateur. Low amateur, wasn't low he? Low amateur, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, he's turned pro this week. Has he, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I told you, I seen him at the Walker Cup, didn't I? And I found this little player sticker thing and I said, mate, I'm going to keep that. You're going to go on to good things him and he's already... Um, Living up to his potential, isn't he? Well, speaking about when he played, obviously we were watching him. We felt a bit sorry for him. Remember, he duffed that chip just before oh, the, just yeah. before just before Ray's Creek on um, on twelve. And so no thirteen, was, wasn't it? Was it you said he just hit that shit? He didn't even make make Ray's Creek. <laughs> it was though, wasn't it? Like he, he literally he duffed it that much that it didn't even get there. And you're thinking, ah, oh, the pressure's got to him. But fair play to the lads, obviously. And someone said, not in front of Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm sure, pretty sure that Augustine has as well. I'm pretty sure Augustine, he's he's turned pro this week as well. Oh, there you go. If fact it, um, check that. But fact <laughs> check that. I'm pretty sure I've seen something that he he was going to play, because he played the US Open, he was going to play the US Open and the Masters and then turn pro after his season in college. Um, but because of the COVID pandemic, they give them an, an extra year of eligibility over in college because you only get four or five years eligibility playing... Um, golf in college as an amateur so they give them that extra year so we had the opportunity to go and play again next year for, for his college team but he's decided against it and after his performance in the Masters he's gone pro I mean obviously once you get a taste of that pro ranks and think I oh, can actually rock with these boys I've had you know what I mean I've played the Masters You're not going to go back and start playing fucking whatever they play in college the NCAA nonsense or whatever <laughs> no are you really though aren't you like you can earn no. money or you can go and yeah. win a fucking well done well, he's probably thought, oh, can I how much would I have won there in the Masters if I was a Exactly. Pro? Really, though. That's definitely right. what, you know what I mean? 100%, yeah. But in other news at the RSM classes, just before we move on, uh, big Kev Stadler got a DQ for signing the incorrect card. He yeah, shot, yeah. shot two over in his first round. And then he was two over front nine for the second round, so four over total. And then um, he shot nine over. And his last nine holes, shot a 45. He finished, I think he finished with an 83 in total. And you can imagine, I think that's the, I fact check this again, but pretty sure that's his highest ever score in a PJ Tour event, 83. So you can imagine how he's feeling. We all know what it's like when you've had an absolute stinker. It's just like, ah, oh, I want to go home. <laughs> you know, he yeah. knows he's missed the cut. Where's yeah, the bar? D- exactly. DQ for signing the wrong card. Bad week for Kevin, bad day for Kev. Welcome, bad week for Kevin's all round, isn't it really? 
You're the only one. Have, you're the only one having a good weekend until I can play press that and golf club while everyone else is stuck at home. I know, yeah. Okay, now, man. No, but solid finish to the season for Tyrrell Hatton as well. He cards the bogey free 65 in the final round to finish 11 under for the tournament, which gave him a tied 23rd. He's tweeted that. Yeah, that's him done on the PJ Tour in America now until February. So I'm pretty sure he'll be turning his attention now for the Race to Dubai tournament, uh, which will come on later when we have a little talk about the European Tour. Um, before we move on to that, though, we have got some discussions about the Challenge Tour. It's worth mentioning the Challenge Tour, isn't it, Kev? Well, yeah, if you've got a couple of people um, going up to the European Tour, a couple of names that you're going to, hopefully, if they crack on, you're going to be seeing, aren't you? Yeah, 100%, yeah. So this, this week... On the well, last week, sorry, on the Challenge Tour, they had the grand finale in Mallorca, uh, the road to Mallorca. It's called Order of Mary. Uh, and what that does, that sees the top five in and rights to play on the European Tour next season. So um, a Czech guy by the name of Andre Leiser, he took victory in Mallorca, uh, which also placed him in first position in the Order of Merit standings. And in the three-tournament race to Mallorca, the Czech won the first event, the An- uh, Andalusia Challenge. He elected not to play in the second one in Candes, um, which was questionable at the time, but obviously paid off for him. He's, he said that the reason he'd done that was to gather his thoughts, get some momentum for the final, because he knew if he had a good finish there, then he would he would get his place on the European Tour. But what's most impressive about the 29-year-old's victory is that he'd done it with it, is he'd done it within five events. And when you compare that to the other top five, um, they all played in 10-11 events. So those two wins in his last in the last three weeks has really boosted them up to to doing what he's done. Well, it just shows you can play in as many events as you want. If you're not playing, if you're not coming in the top five, tens... You... Well, this is it, yeah. I mean, he's he's obviously playing some really good golf. I mean, looking, I had a little look back at, it, at, his, at his history. Um, he took a different route than you'd normally see and what we'd normally discuss on the professional route. We speak to a lot of... Um, Euro Pro Tour players who are trying that route but as we know there's four third tier recognised tours by the European Tour one being the, the Euro Pro Tour but there's another one that plays throughout Central Europe and North Africa called the Pro Golf Tour so in oh, two yeah. in 2019 he finished fifth in the Order of Merit top five got a place in the Challenge Tour so this was is I'm not sure whether it was his first year on the Challenge Tour but it was it was a progression. He didn't play on the Challenge Tour last season. He played on the Pro Golf Tour. And obviously to go um, and get a progression from the third tier onto the second tier and now onto the uh, top tier in Europe is is some goal. It's a good effort, isn't it? It just shows you there's there's more than one way. Like I don't know how much the events are. And obviously you're not at home, which is a bit of another disadvantage. But could be a cheaper way than the Euro Pro. We'd have to let the lads know. <laughs> <laughs> Like they don't already know. By the way, <laughs> do you know there's actually other ways than fucking playing in the rain? <laughs> no, but I thought that was an interesting story. He turned pro in 2011. I, I seen him and um, I seen him. I said a um, bit of on the Instagram, bit of uh, range prep for our leader, and he was standing in no hat on, glasses. I thought he was just messing around. <laughs> he doesn't look like your typical golfer, does he? No, not at all. Yeah. No, looks like a professor. But fair play to him. Yeah, he's. He, I mean, it seems like he's had a bit of a struggle, to be fair. He turned professional in 2011, um, and it said he was almost about to give up the game. Um, that, that seems to... I think what the key is, is to nearly give up and then make a big comeback. That's yeah. what most people seem to be doing. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Thank well, God, so, no way. Sign up for UPS. 
<laughs> yeah, our, our episode with David Shacklady. If you've not listened to that, go and listen to it. It's a cracking episode. David Bastard. talks about uh, just missing out on the on the seniors tour with his card and seventeen and and getting a job with UPS and then and then I giving it one more go and gets gets himself his card, doesn't he? So yeah, you're right. I mean, it's same with Andre Lysa. He's turned professional in 2011, um, and he spent seven years on tour before he's got his first tour win uh, on one of the tours, which was in 2018. And then he's won the 2019 Polish Open. And then he's followed by these two wins. He's won four and two have come in the last week. And now he's on the European Tour. So, And this is going to mark his 10th year as a professional. So fair play to the lad. It just, it just shows, you know, like if he if he kicks on now and has a, and has a, a couple of a good season on the European Tour, money-wise, his 10 years are going to be worth it, aren't they? It's, it's, it's like grafting. You're working a job for... People work a job for what? Like 30, 40 grand a year. And that's like a, like a good paying job and they work 40 hours and then they get the salary and then they, every year they go on. So if someone said to you, you could do that for 10 years and then you're on the European tour with the chance to earn like, what, millions? Yeah, 100%. It's worth yeah. the graft, isn't it? The people graft and then there's no progression. Well, that's it. You start you start doing well on the European tour and when in there, you get invited over to the PJ tour where we're talking the mega money then. You're getting places in the in potential, you're getting looked at for the Ryder Cup, you're getting looked at for uh, team events, like the World Cup. Is the World Cup still going on now, is it? I think that's fussy, that's... But anyway, yeah, so you, you're getting looked at, yeah, you are, and it's 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 an unbelievable, unbelievable route for them to take, but there's just worth mentioning as well, two English lads made the top five, Richard Mansell and Matt Ford, so they, they've obviously had an unbelievable season on the any relation? Is he any relation to Tim? <laughs> we'll have to ask, I don't know. <laughs> Another one of our professional root people. Yeah, it may be. But yeah, Richard Mantle and Matt Ford, both representing England and getting over to the European Tour, starts for next season, so wish them the best of luck. Very good. Very, Very good. good. But speaking of the European Tour, which we'll move on to now, Bryson DeChambeau, hold my beer. Is what, what big boy is what Wilco Nyabeer will have been saying. This kid absolutely bombs it. He's only young as well, isn't he? He's very young. He's 20 years of age. 20 years of age, South African. He's it's his first year. He's a rookie on tour. Um, he finished second this week at the Joburg Open. But his driving average distance for the week was 337 yards, which is just one yard behind. Bryson's ridiculous average at the US Open win a couple of months back. So surely the the, the maybe the altitude or the something's got to have to do with that as well. Maybe no, potentially. But he hit one drive down four four hundred and thirty nine yards. I seen that. What is going on there? He had a flick into a six hundred yard par five. Fucking hell, man. That's a four-shotter, isn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right, yeah. Fucking... I don't even think I could get 439 yards in two absolute bombs. It's like, is it downhill or something that old? What's he, how's he doing that? It was like, yeah, it's, it goes downhill, but you've got to, you've got to carry quite, you've got to carry it quite far to hit the down slope to go. So no, I see. I, I'm not sure on the exact yardage for carry, but it, yeah, it left him 161 <laughs> yards into a par five. It was ridiculous. Um, but he won the he, bit of history about him. He won the South African Open. Um, sorry, he's South African, and he won the 2019 South African Amateur before turning professional this season. Um, and if it wasn't for a bogey, bogey finish, you could have seen him claim his first European Tour victory. He was he had a three shot lead going on to the back nine. 
um, and then finished bogey bogey for your man Wakim Hansen to clean. Just show probably a little bit of um, pressure, obviously yeah. coming into it. Like you only a kid in your rookie season, like just doesn't know what's going on down the stretch. Bit of nerves shows the cracks. Do you know what I mean? Well, it was interesting that, that that that's come up because obviously the return of the goat debate is happening. And as I'm looking through, we're doing Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer. And I'm looking, I don't want to obviously get into it too much now because we'll get into it a bit later. But Jack Nicholas's first major, where he's playing um, his final round with Ben Hogan. And Ben Hogan come out and said, I played with a kid today who could have won this by five shots if he knew what he was doing. He's, that's not that's not on my notes, lad, about Jack Nicholas. <laughs> <So> fucking... <laughs> So fucking keep that to yourself. <laughs> it actually says he Arnold Palmer could have been a half a decent golfer if he had a clue. <laughs> the goat debate continues. But no, back onto the European tour. Yeah, Hansen shot a bogey 367 and he claimed his first his first European tour victory. But like we just spoke there, Hansen came to the Challenge Tour ranks and he earned his card through the Order of Merit on in 2012, 2015, and then 2018. And like Lysa, who we've just spoken about earlier, he's had two wins on the Challenge Tour in 2018. So it's took him. He looks like he struggled a bit. Do you know what I mean? He's 2012, 2015, and 2018. And it's only 2020. So again, it's it's a struggle for them, isn't it? I know, yeah, but like you're saying struggle there, right? And I'm on his earnings. And over that eight years, he's earned nearly two million. Yeah, but... And one of them, years 2017, he only played one event and he didn't earn a washer. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, he did 1.8 million over eight years is sound. Well, that year, that year is probably the year off that we spoke about before when they earn a few quid and they think... Right, yeah, I mean, fuck this. <laughs> let's go and spend all my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, right, yeah, but it depends what you want out of the game, doesn't no, it? No, no, I know what you mean, but I'm just showing the when like the, like like uh, Tom Hickson was saying on the one of our other professional routes where he's like, like it's not pressure. You're not you're not needing this put to put food on the table. Like you've you've, you've got a put to earn. But the difference between four hundred grand and six hundred grand, it's like yeah. you're still you're still earning good money. You're still flying. Yeah, I but think- I do understand what you mean. Though it is, they have they obviously got travel expenses and like they're away from the families, and it is a struggle when you've got other pressures if you start having kids and your wife's on your back and all that. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, probably the that's probably the biggest challenge, yeah. isn't it? Are, Are you, you fucking not- playing that shit game again and you're fucking over there to anybody? <laughs> Get a proper job. <laughs> yeah, you are playing even worse next minute you're spending the kids' nappy money in that on fucking hotels. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously but that they're not struggling either, but I see what you mean. They obviously they they're gonna go they, they want to be Top ten. They want to try and be winning on the European Tour, and obviously it's taken about years to do it. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But you know, it obviously it should crack on now. That pressure's off. He's got his maiden victory, That's and it. It, it, bump, it bumps him up that race to the by leaderboard, which we'll come on to now. So obviously, there's no PJ Tour event this week, uh, and the PJ Tours drawing to a close. Uh, the Challenge Tours being decided, so we know what's happening there. So our attention over the next couple of weeks is going to be on the European Tour before the Race of Dubai champion is crowned in Dubai on the 10th to the 13th of December. So just a couple of weeks away before the European Tour closes its doors for this year as well. So um, next week, we've got the Alfred Dunnell Championship, um, which is to be played in South Africa. 
So we'll come on to reviewing that later. Um, and then obviously we have a split tournament. Uh, we have a golf in Dubai um, and then the South African Open the following week at the Gary Player Country Club before the season finale, as I've mentioned there, the World Dubai Championships. So, so um, how come the, it's a bit mad, isn't it, playing in South Africa, then Dubai, then South Africa, then Dubai? It's, like, yeah. it's not exactly fucking next door, is it? No, exactly. I know. <laughs> I was thinking that. I was thinking the exact same. It's about a fucking eight and a half hour flight, isn't it? I think it's just to give everybody the opportunity to earn some points because the the first three events, so this week at the Dunhill Championship, it you get it's where the winner gets two thousand points. Uh, and then the two tournaments that are split, one in the, the, the Jumeirah tournaments in Dubai, and then the South African Open uh, at the Gary Player Country Club, they both offer it's a split field, so they both offer two thousand points. So I suppose you've got all the people like your Patrick Reed who will come over, maybe Bryson DeChambeau will come over, all these players will come over to play the Tour Championships. I suppose if they come and they play the first one in Dubai, it knocks a lot of the the, the lower ranked guys out who could potentially have the chance to win the tour championship. So giving them the opportunity to play the South African Open um, for everybody who's been on the European tour this season, you, you have the you have the two split events. And I then see, yeah. Dustin usually comes over, doesn't he? Like in Dubai. Yeah, but I think he's too busy twerking twerking <laughs> with his with his beard, isn't he? <laughs> twerking. <laughs> <laughs> on, on his cigars. Oh, what a man! What a man! Yeah, he's um, he's living the high life, isn't he? Green Sick jacket. Well, but yeah. So the, the, I say the first three events they offer two thousand points to the winner, and then the final event is worth twelve thousand points. So it leaves the event, the final event, wide open. So we've sort of got a European our European version of the the FedEx, really. Where isn't it? And yeah, anybody can win it. So. The rankings at the moment, uh, as they stand, first place, you've got Patrick Reed, Second place, Tommy Fleetwood. Third place, Colin Morikawa. Fourth place, Lee Westwood. And fifth place is Victor Perez. Um, the top 10 also includes Tyrrell Hatton, Paul Casey, uh, with Rory McIlroy 16th and John Rahm 19th. So you've got, to, got them to look forward to over the next couple of weeks. Fucking love Tommy. He's already won it once, hasn't he, Tommy? Tommy won it, yeah. Yeah. I'd love Tommy to go and win that again, you know. That'd be just so really, sick. Just boost him on, wouldn't it? He just needs that major, doesn't he, Tom? Yeah. He's you know what? The fact that he came out, didn't he, after the Masters and he said this is the first time I've entered the Sunday and been in contention to compete. So that's gonna bring him on leaps and bounds. That's how I can actually get to that position. Dustin ended up running away with it, but in a normal Masters tournament where it's quite grouped and quite flooded with players, you can imagine that if he gets himself in that position in the future. He's he's only he's he's had a couple of seconds, hasn't he? He's not been that too far away. So no, he's knocking on the door. He's he's up there. He's world what, top fifteen in the world, isn't he? So yeah, he's um, it, it's time will come. Definitely, definitely. So birdie bogey bust for the week. <laughs> well, obviously the birdie is golf's back next week. It's got golf to be, is it? back. I don't know what's better that the. Um, that documentary, Tiger Woods back, or the fact that golf <laughs> is back. <laughs> Fucking golf. I don't know what back. I'm more excited about. Well, it's got to be golf's back, hasn't it? Yeah, 100%. I cannot wait to dust the clubs off. I know it's only been four weeks, but it just feels like a lifetime because we've been so long just to get just to get those clubs back out and, and get and get swinging again. You want to get a putting, Matt? My putting's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> What's the bogey then? It's probably this week, isn't it? No real, no real top players to look forward to. 
There's nothing really. No yeah. disrespect to the lads who are playing over in in, in South Africa, and we'll come on them later because there's some some good good golfers who are still playing. But you've not really got any of the top, definitely none of the top fifty in the world. Maybe a couple in the top hundred in the world playing this week. So yeah, we've been so lucky to have all the golf over these weeks, haven't we? And then it just seems like we've not got much this week. Surprised that Im's not playing. <laughs> 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 he plays in everything, doesn't he? I was thinking he's probably on the phone, isn't he? Saying any chance if there's a spot, I'll come over and have a game. <laughs> yeah. And then what? The bus? What do you reckon about the bus then for this week? Well, you mentioned there golf is back. But yeah. then when you look at the weather, it's fucking lashing down. <laughs> I seen that man. I was gonna that's exactly it. But it goes sun, the cold, cold, cold with sun cloud, sun cloud, sun cloud. Second of December, golf's open, fucking rain cloud. It's like <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you, rain. <laughs> Unbelievable. Fuck you, Thunder. You can <laughs> <laughs> What's that off Ted? Ted, yeah. What's the brilliant? It's becoming a weekly thing, a little sing song on this podcast, isn't it? Let's sing. Yeah. Right, so we're getting into this GOAT debate, even though it's not even much of a debate. It's more like, I win. Well, the results from Instagram, we've put them out, and it does look like it's a landslide victory for Jack Nicholas, which you're going to take this week. But, you know, Arnie and his army, the king, there's, there's plenty to talk about. So I am going to try my best to give you a rundown of why Arnie should progress in this generational GOAT debate. So, as you know... Fair, I am... I, um, sorry, I know... A lot about I knew more about Jack Nicholas and some of his stuff I was reading I already knew. But spring into mind about Arnold Palmer, I don't feel like I know that much. So I'm actually again like a fan looking forward to hearing about Arnold Palmer, to be honest. Well, I'm happy to go first if you want to just listen to yeah, the story. Yeah, let's do that. So as you know, the GOAT debate returns this week. Um and we're looking to conclude our first series on the Bogey Boys podcast by deciding the golf goat. So as you know, Bobby Jones won the first GOAT debate, then Ben Hogan won the second GOAT debate. We're now on to the next generation, which is Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas. And what's interesting about um, Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas, I want to do a bit of a comparison between the two when they first met and the rivalry and how it got going. So Palmer's strength uh, growing up in, in his earlier days, it was always about his distance and how he intimidated uh, almost all the professionals until a certain 18-year-old amateur arrived at a golf tournament in 1958 by the name of Jack Nicholas. So they teared up on this first hole. It was a 335-yard par four, and Arnie knocked it onto the green. So nobody was really in it as far as him back then. Um, not many people could have done that at that time. Jack stepped Didn't realize up. realise he was a bomber. Yeah, big fella. Yeah, it was massive. See the size of him? He's built like, built like me five or six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack steps up, young 18-year-old kid, and he knocked it over the green. Fucking hell, did he, yeah? Yeah, straight over the green. And then from that moment, I think that was the first indication that there could be some sort of rivalry, yeah. Uh, and they weren't wrong. So, Arnold Palmer, first thing to say is that you can forget the word goat. This man was the king. Ah, like what you've done there. The king with an army. So, the famous Arnie's army, you've all heard of it. Um, but do you know how they actually started? Now, no, go on, go on. So, in the 1959 Masters, it was only the second year that the Masters was televised, uh, and you could walk up to the gate back then and any given day just pay $5 entry. Um, fucking hell. I know. Fucking hell, that's what it's Fucking what three grand I paid first day. <laughs> Have you been to Masters? <laughs> what did I tell you? <laughs> 
So yeah, so each year um, they used to use members of the army in in the local town to work the scoreboards, and obviously because it was being televised and they wanted the crowds to get bigger because it was never really a sellout. Um, that year they offered free entry to any members of the army who turned up in the uniform. Ah. So and that's what they did. So you had a load of um, army turn up, get in for free in all the uniform, and that year Arnold Palmer was the defending champion. Um, so they all followed Arnie, and it comes from the fact that it was like an army was following Arnie. Because oh, he did it all in the in the Because it was the army, yeah. So that's where the term comes from. So uh, he didn't wear it that year, but he won it in 1960. Uh, and the Augusta Chronicle picked up on the phrase Arnie's army, and that was the first time it was really put out there as Arnie's army, and, and, and that was where, where it come from. And obviously, we all know the history of Arnie's army, and it's followed them since. Obviously, one of the most followed before Tiger, probably the most popular golfer um, yeah. to live. But then enter the 1960 US Open. Arnie entered it on the Sunday, seven shots behind. And after birdie in the first four holes, he, he thought he knew I could catch him. And this was the first time Arnie's army got rounds and pretty much pushed him towards a victory, he says. So he comes out and says the, the cheers of the crowd that day will always be among my greatest memories. I know the support of Arnie's, Arnie's army had so much to do with my winning the championship as the shots I played. So that was the first time he'd come out and said that that army that backed him was the reason why he come from seven shots behind to win. But the 1960 US Open was also a big tournament um, in the Arnie-Jack rivalry. It was Jack Nicholas as an amateur that year who came second. So, obviously, two years prior to that, we had him playing as an amateur. Not much of a rivalry, that is it? If he's got an army and fucking Jack's an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait. Because he finished second as an amateur that season, and that was where I mentioned before that Ben Hogan played with Jack that year, and he quoted to saying, I played with a kid today who could have won this by five if he knew what he was doing. So it goes on to that experience, and then... 1962 arrived and this was the this was the big one this is the one that really got it started for them both so in the 1962 US Open at Oakmont uh, Nicholas was a professional now but it was his first year as a professional and he was the enemy because you had Arnie's army was well established um, and that year in the US Open for the first two rounds Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas were paired together and Arnie's army it was ruthless they were calling them Fat Jack they were cheering when he missed putts. Oh, yeah, they were, they were going at him. Jack's dad, Charlie, actually went for one of them and had to get pulled back. Fucking hell. It turns out, obviously, that, that that was the first time that they went toe-to-toe and they had that rivalry. How, how did it end, by the way? Well, Jack won. <laughs> <laughs> Is it but playoff? We're building, we're building up. We're building up the rivalry. But, yeah, look, it was... It was a playoff, wasn't it? It was a playoff, yeah. Um, yeah. Arnie shot 74 and Jack shot 71. So it was a playoff and Jack won that, but it's it's interesting. To, like, oh, it's an 18-hole playoff. Was it the same back then as well? Yeah, it was an 18-hole playoff, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so 71 to 74. So Jack won that day, but it was the first time that Arnie, had, like, just to show the character that he was, he actually felt for Jack, do you know what I mean? And Jack always come out and said, I was never battling against Arnie. I was always battling against Arnie's fans. He said uh, because of the type the type of guy and the type of character Arnie was. So I more mean more the type of character Jack is to be honest. Like the show's more in integrity, more gentleman than he's getting called fat on that, do you know what I mean? 
But yeah, the head-to-heads continued over the next decade uh, in the 60s, and that was really where they went toe-to-toe. So Jack got the best of Avani in the 1962 US Open, but then uh, the follow-up major was the Open at Royal Troon, won by yours truly, Arnie Palmer, with Jack finishing tied 34. Shite. Shite. <laughs> <laughs> Jack won the battle the following year in the 1963 Masters. He won the Masters and the PJ Championship, which I'm sure you'll talk about on your review. Um, but then Arnie rebounded in 1964, winning his seventh and last major, picking up the green jacket at Augusta, with Jack finishing second that year. Six shots adrift. Absolutely spanked him. No so... Way. Yeah, so the duel in 1962, which I spoke about there, that's the greatest, uh, but they also finished first and second in a total of five majors, with Jack beating Palmer in the 1965 Masters by nine shots, and then by four shots in 67. So you've, dec- basically, you've, you've basically done the whole goat debate here, because you've done all Jacks and all Arnie's. <laughs> <laughs> Arnie's numbers speak for themselves. He was inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame in 1974 because of how successful he was, and he became the PGA Tour Lifetime Achievement Award in 1998. So his on-the-course on records include 62 wins on tour, so fifth in the all-time records, seven major championships, which seven in all-time records. He was the PJ Tour's leading money winner in 58, 60, 62, and 63. He was the PJ Player of the Year in 60 and 62, and he won the Varden Trophy four times, which is the lowest scoring average for the year in 61, 62, 64, 67. So have that. No way. Uh, speaking of... The GOAT debate, and a word you just mentioned there, the Varden Trophy. I watched The Greatest Game Ever Played, and I think that we left Harry Varden off the first debate because he's the greatest Englishman ever to play, and he was in more in the late 1800s into 19s, more like Hagen sort of day, maybe before. Yeah, I think he was a bit too—he was a bit too early for us, wasn't he? Too early, yeah. But it's—I mean, um, we could we could go back and we could just put him through to the. No, just it was just interesting that uh, I had one like. David actually messaged me saying, like, you're talking about the goat, but you've never seen this film. You don't know who he is. Like, how can you be doing the goat debate? You've never... <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went back and watched it. I mean, like, he is a, he is a bad man. Like, Yeah, he is. Yeah, I remember. I remember him. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fact check. <laughs> right. So speaking of trying to sell it, right? My first line that I've wrote here for the for the goat debate is Jack Nicholas had polio at age thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> I think with Jack, I think with Jack, you're safe. You don't need the soft story, soft stories. You've um... just just in case you come with some fire. <laughs> no, but he's he's a sick. Like obviously, it's a goat debate, but you've just more like crediting his achievements. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, five consecutive. Ohio State Junior Golf Championships from age 12. Uh, age 13, he broke 70. Yeah, I can't remember that if I've ever even broke 70 in my life. Um, Probably not. No. Yeah. Youngest player ever to enter a junior amateur. Uh, won the Ohio Open age 16 against all the pros and stuff. Uh, shot 64 in his third round. First ever PGA Tour event age 18. Finished 12th. Was one off to the lead, one off the lead after the cut. Made his first cut in the US Open, 1958. And then he's competed in 44 consecutive US Opens in his career. So he's at like his consistency as well, more, as well as his, um, his, obviously his young age starting. 
Um, he's the second youngest winner of the US Amateur. And then he's a few other mad achievements. Like he's won, he's the first player to win the NCAA and the US Amateur. So he's the first person to achieve that, you know, as a, as a college and, a, um, and an amateur. Obviously, a feet later achieved by Woods, Mickelson, and, and then Ryan Moore. Um, Hasn't Bryson DeChambeau done that? Did Bryson DeChambeau do that in 2015? Fact check, but... Fact check that. Pretty sure Bryson had to go doing that, because I know in 2015 he won the US Amateur. I'm just not sure whether he won the NCAA Championship as well. Well, on, on this thing I read, said the most recent was 2004, Ryan Moore, but we can fact check that. That is not a problem. He was only 22 when he won his first US Open title, as you just said there, 1962. Bobby what a Jones. tournament that sounded like, by the way. I know, yeah. Bobby Jones. Fat Jack. The, Bobby, fat Jack, yeah. Bobby Jones was the second, it was the, he was the, sorry, he was the second youngest because Bobby Jones won it when he was 21. He's also the first player to win the Masters consecutively. 1965, 1966, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't believe you had trouble with that because consecutively uh, means that. The, the do, you know what, do you know why I had trouble with that, right? Let me. <laughs> <laughs> what comes after 65? <laughs> right, do you want me to tell you why I had trouble with that? Because of my dyslexia, this why I can't read any audio books. I'm already reading the next line. <laughs> after, after, so I'm like going back and sort of checking it, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Getting yourself ready, yeah. yeah. In 1991 of them, 1966, I think, he got the 271, which was the, the record. I broke Ben Hogan's record, which was 274. If that was in 1953, the Hogan said that. And then, obviously, our man Tiger then beat that. And then... TJ. That got beat this year by um, Big Dustin. Another little, just in case you didn't think he was the ghost, I haven't even got onto his majors yet. Um, How many majors he win? Only eighteen. <laughs> the um, in the nineteen sixty nine Ryder Cup at Birkdale, Tony Jacklin had a three footer for the half to to make it the first half of a Ryder Cup ever, and Nicholas went over and picked his ball marker up and gave it to him, and it was known as like like he conceded it, and there was like loads of controversy about it in the in the in the news, like. Like obviously he, he could have missed it. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't a given by any standards. And um, Jack later said he um, he said he didn't want the British press to rip rip, rip uh, his friend Tony apart. So he just thought he'd, he'd give him it. Wow, what a man! <laughs> so you can see isn't it. What a man, sick, isn't he? Um, he's won every major at least three times, which is another like consistently broad skill sick. set that he's got. You know what I mean? Number one in the world for ten years, ten straight years. But that was before they actually done the official world rankings and all that, you know, because that started in 1986. Yeah. So I don't think that counts as the, what Tiger, you know, where he's got the X amount of weeks at the top. Jax yeah. doesn't, doesn't count in that. But also what is majors? I read this thing. Someone said, well, um, obviously Jax won 18 majors. Tiger at the time with this article was written had won 14. And someone wrote, yeah, well, if Tiger had won, had converted the six times he'd come second, he'd be well ahead of Jack. That's wow. what, like someone had commented, and then going. and then and then someone commented, "You obviously, you obviously, <laughs> hey bozo, you obviously don't know how many times Nicholas finished second. <laughs> like that's what the fella commented back to him. So then I googled it. Do you know how many times? It's a lot, isn't it? Double figures. Nineteen. Wow. Yeah. Nineteen times he's came second. He was like, the man. It's hard. It's man. hard to argue. I mean, it's good that we do these debates because Arnie's a legend and everything he's done in the game. But yeah, Jack, man, he's just. It's it's and, hard it's hard to argue the case against Jack. No, I'm not finished either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he's won seventy three 
uh, PGA Tour titles as well, which is third all time behind obviously Woods and Sneed on 82. And he's the first living person outside the royal family to appear on a banknote. So I have that. Banknotes, yeah? Yeah. What, what note? He's on the fiver. Ah, oh, loads of shite. <laughs> I mean, he's on the 50. I wipe, I wipe my ass with fivers. <laughs> it was in... <laughs> Do you? No, I definitely don't. A few cuts. It's a fucking Pro V1, that. Fucking <laughs> okay, no. hell. And he, he's had, um, in majors, 73 top 10s over, over a 39-year stretch. Look, his record's going to be so much better. That might not be in majors. That might, that might actually be all-time. 73, top, 73 10. top 10. Yeah, I don't even think he's played in 73 majors, has he? What's over 39 years? Well, it could actually be majors, that. I'm going with majors. Fact check. Fact check. <laughs> See, you've done your research, Kevin. <laughs> well, I've just wrote them all out very quick. <laughs> no, but I get it. Unbelievable. Uh, what a man. Brilliant. It was. It's it's quite interesting though because obviously I thought people would have voted for Jack because he got eighteen majors, but then I thought people would have voted for Snee because he's won eighty two times. But people voted for Hogan, didn't they? Yeah, it is. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But so it's more like who you hear and what you what you hear about in it than more Hogan's than the Hogan's story. Hogan's story was the the one though, wasn't it? I mean, how do you how do you come from having getting absolutely mangled in a car crash, being told you never walk again, to go and win God knows how many majors it was. I do. I've just been thinking there. Eh? I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Jack Nicholas who was driving that bus because after what he said about him. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting debate, mate. Interesting, Interesting debate. I think we know yeah. the winner. I think yeah. we. Can, yeah, it's I think... more just good to like have a little list. When I listen back to the goat debate, I like to hear like I get one of like the, the achievements and what they've got up to, and you know some of the things that people might be listening and not actually know everything that we've told them. But they yeah. about the polio. Definitely not. No. Well, this is one 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 part that I missed out about. Man was um, uh, from 1962 when Jack won his first major to 1964 when Arnie won his last major. So in that two years two year sprint, um, they won six of the twelve majors, so three each, and they were combined for five runner up finishes. Um, That's good, isn't it? It just makes you think if 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 Jack hadn't come along at such a young age because. He was competing at the age of 19, 20, like you say, one when oh, he was yeah. 22, was it? Yeah, yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting to see how much Arnie would have won. I think Arnie, as he's coming, not towards the end of his career, but the later stages, he'd done a lot before that with his with his wins. I think if Jack would have come maybe a decade later and just left Arnie to it, it'd be mm. interesting to see how he would have got on. Well, it's like saying if Tiger didn't come, Phil would have had more. Like it's, oh, fuck off. You know what I mean? If... Uh, if your auntie had balls, she'd be your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so we will put the vote back out there again, but with the landslides, I think yeah. I think we know. Joining Ben Hogan and Bobby Jones in the final GOAT debate, right, is going to be Jack Nicholas, isn't it? Yeah. I think he's going to be a contender for the, uh, for, uh, for the whole thing, isn't he? You think? Yep. What makes you I think do. that? Just got a hunch because it's our thing and we're doing it. <laughs> Brilliant. So on to the only tournament really this week, the Alfred yeah. Dunhill Championship. It's um <clears throat> I had a look at this as well. It's it's at Leopard Creek, isn't it? Leopard Creek Golf Club. Yeah. Which you do you remember what that is? Yeah, Mark Hyde Sean. Mark Hyde, yeah, Mark Hyde. Yeah. Um, recommendation, best course he's ever played. Yeah, because it's it's like they say it's a must play golf course. It's just south of the Kruger National Park, isn't it? I thought it's in it. 
Is it in it? Well, I think that's just it's just round the outside of it, is it? I don't know. I just I just read it could be in it. Fact check could yeah. be in it. Could be in it. Plenty of fact checks today. Yeah. But yeah, it's the um, it's it's a joint tournament, isn't it? Between the European Tour and the Sunshine Tour, so you're going to see a lot of South African representation. Um, and this obviously shows the past winners. Uh, six of the last eight winners have been from South Africa. Yeah, I've seen it's a good um, at Pablo Larrazabal is the defending champion, and they've had like three Spanish winners as well. Which I've, when I when I looked into it, so it must be a good uh, fairing for the Spanish. Well, yeah, it's a good one to get on your CV. You say past winners, defending champion Larrazabal, but you've got previous winners: Justin Rose has won it, Adam Scott won it, Annie Els has won it, Charles Swartzel and Brendan Grace. Um, so yeah, it's a good one to get on your CV and get it done, hundred percent. I've seen as well. The favourite is Brandon Stone, isn't it? And then him and Schwartzel. Passed it around over like a five-year stretch. Yeah, they did, yeah. Well, Schwartz yeah. won it like five out of seven years, I think it was. But yeah, like you say, it, it's... You even looked at some of the some of the social media's stories that we've seen and as, as they're playing on the course, they're recording as hippos in the water and you can see all sorts of... It's crazy, isn't it? Oh, is that... I've seen on um, Toby Tree's story. Are they hippos, are they? That's hippo, yeah. So what are you seeing in the water? They're hippos, yeah. Yeah, I thought that. I thought it was. I was wondering what they were all. Why they were all so shocked? Yeah, you can see Sick, the, the nose just popping up. Yeah, well, that's the, the in the national park, so it must be on the inside of the national park. Yeah, as you're going round. But like, yeah. like Mark had said, didn't he? It's like the, the the course itself. It's a Gary Player course. So didn't you? Sorry, didn't you see the video with the rhino in the bunker? No. Yeah, because it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when we don't part two of the professional route, Mark couldn't talk enough about it when they said no. if you're gonna if you're gonna go over and have some winter golf, if you're looking on doing it, go over to South Africa and try and get on Leopard Creek Country Club. So the legend himself, course designed by Gary Player. Uh, yeah. it's it's, you know, it's owned by the richest man in South Africa, Johan Rupert. Is it yeah? Yep. What does he do, do you know? No idea. No, but he's got loads of money. Rupert, nah. So it measures 7,249 yards, par 72, um, with three of the last six holes being par fives. So, bit of a late drama there, I'd, I'd, I'd you say. Can see, you can see a bit of late drama there. A couple of eagles, you know. I think we could be, could be in for an interesting week. But as we said before, the bogey of the week was because we haven't got any superstars playing. But you never know. There could be some late entries Oh, yeah. Still good, but it's still good. They're obviously good golfers, aren't they? It's just the, the it's hard for the attention, and even I was watching this week, it's it's, it's hard enough without Tiger when you've got some of the big boys and you've got Tommy to keep your interest. But there was there was hard like it's like they don't like Tommy over in America. There's no coverage of him, is there? No, I know. Yeah, you know I mean? there was a bit of high. He's never won over there, has he? No, I suppose yeah. He's never, he's never won in America. So for for all his good golf and his good finishes in majors and how and how well he's doing. He's never actually got that W in America, so no. hopefully it'll once come. it'll definitely come. Yeah, the, as like once once he gets that W, then at least we've got should be getting to see more of him. Well, especially if he's like a, a start contending every week and he's he's up there and he's yeah, I just, he just needs to get him like get winning again and he'll be flying him. Yeah, well, he's back in Europe, isn't he? He's going to be playing in these the European Tour events over the next couple of weeks, so hopefully back where he's more comfortable. Um, yeah, you would say from a from a win perspective because he's won there. So 
Um, hopefully he can get, get the job done. But we'll Fingers see. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Plenty of golf to look forward to. Um, we'll be watching this week. We'll be back next week to review it and moving on to the next part of the GOAT debate. Um, yeah. And then, as I say, we'll be concluding this season at the end of the Tour Championships in Dubai. But don't be worried. We've got you covered. We've got plenty of professional route interviews and a few more interviews lined up, haven't we, Kev? We have, yeah. Um, I'm sure everyone was really worried and they were really scared in case they weren't going to have to spend an hour of the week listening to us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sure, it was top of the uh, worry list with everything that's going on in the world. What do you want for Christmas? Just want the podcast to keep calling the Bogey Boys podcast. You've got oh, just oh, just under a week left on the promotional code ten percent discount with BB10 with React Collection. Yeah. Um, they've just dropped some lovely women's hoodies as well. So a couple of new colours, one in pink and one in a green colour. So get over to their Instagram uh, and get on their website. Have a look, see if there's anything that you fancy. You still get 10% until the end of November with BB10. And the golf courses are back open. It's about time you get the Arcos in it. That's it. Well, I forgot to mention that when I was when I was talking about my golf there, but the um, it was blowing. It was proper blowing and it was giving me a few crazy clubs, like saying like two, three clubs more than that. And I was struggling to believe it, but I was hitting it and I was getting the numbers, sending a few, like tw- even like I was hitting it a little bit further than what, like it was telling me, say like 180, it was telling me to hit the five iron. I was thinking, I, I don't know, I was what really, it's a six, but then I was hitting the five, it was going over, it, twice it went over the flag, but if I did it a six, it would have come up well short. And it was, yeah. it was sort of, it was accounting for the uphill, the temperature, the wind. And it was it was calculating it a few times, unbelievably. Yeah, yeah, it's a good it's a good tool. I can't wait to get it back in the bag. As of next week, you'll if you'll keep a look out on our social media, we'll be putting more videos up of us on the course. We've yeah. got some we've got some good plans next season for the YouTube page, and yeah, we're going to be putting a lot more content out there. So keep following us. But if you if you're interested in any of the Arcos stuff, um, they're actually doing a Black Friday sale at the moment to bundle so you can access their website through the link in our bio on our social medias which is at bogey boys pod on instagram and it's the same on the twitter we've also got a facebook page set up now so if you search bogey boys you'll be able to find us and um, you can follow us on the facebook and we're doing some work at the moment about getting the youtube ready for next year yeah, we're just sort of building as we've sort of we're learning on our feet, aren't we? As we go, sort of getting everything, all the channels, getting everything synced together, and moving on for the big twenty twenty one. Hopefully, after the um, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, but well, as I say, we'll we'll keep you posted, and we'll keep keep everything updated on the social media. And until next week, we hope you have an enjoyable return to golf. I'm sure we will. In Can't the wait for it. I know, but until next time, thanks a lot. Ciao. Thank you.